Hey there, it's Mike Tramp, and you're listening to White Lion Fever, where rock and roll is still alive like it always has been and it always will be. Okay, welcome to White Lion Fever, episode 52. And it's the final part of our uh, chat with Eric Grove. We're sitting here at beautiful Cronulla. We're at uh, the infamous Northies. I don't think they're serving alcohol yet. It's the middle of the day. Maybe they are. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, um, Eric, um, well, this is a good opportunity to talk about Shinobi now and, and what your expectations were when you quit footy to concentrate on it and, and how it's measured up to your expectations. Yeah, mate. It's actually, um, to be honest, probably a little bit more has happened than I, I anticipated. I, when I quit footy, I, I just wanted to have an album. I just... I've just always wanted to have my own album or our own album, so it was uh, yeah, a bit daunting at first because I'd never gone in and done it so extensively before, but I s- it took me a few months. I wrote, you know, I had some old songs on there, wrote some new ones, and just the whole process. It took us 40 days up at the Grove, Central Coast there, in a beautiful studio. It's one of the best in Australia, one of the best in the world, apparently. Um, it's the old Gary Beers' old one, yeah, oh, yeah, out there on the Central Coast. Anyway, yeah, went away and did that, mate. I didn't really expect much. I, I knew that what it took to make a good album but I didn't really realise the process once I got in there how intricate you had to be so I learned a lot in a very short space of time and mate very lucky to have had uh, so much airplay and yeah I didn't expect I definitely didn't expect the airplay and didn't expect to have our film clip played on you know Channel V and Rage as soon as it did but um, yeah no mate I'm really happy with where it's got mate it's uh, like I hate interview. I hate people who do interviews with musicians and suck up to them and say how great the record is. But it's a really strong record. Like there's no there's no real sort of wet fish. You know, there's no it's 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 consistent record and sounds good alongside everything else. But the the, the issue, I suppose, is is getting people to hear it. It's it's hard these days. Yeah, no, you're spot on. I appreciate the kind words, mate. I, we something we're really proud of that album, mate. I, I really put my heart on my sleeve with it. Like I, it's something I've never really done. Not even in football, I, as much as probably this album emotionally took a toll on me. I just, it sounds like a wankery thing to say, you know, like oh, it's, you know, a lot of emotion in this music and arty farty type talk. But it really was, mate. I was mm. exhausted after it. Mm. And yeah, like you said, I, I really wanted. I didn't want to have just a uh, album filler on there. I wanted every song mm. to be something I loved. So mm. oh, we really concentrated on that, mate. And. Um, I forgot what your question was, but now you say saying how hard it is to get to get it out there and have yeah, people yeah. know about it. Yeah, being an independent band, you're right, mate. It's um, you don't have the backing of a label, so I think there's good and bad with being independent. Obviously, independent, you own everything. You don't owe anyone anything. Um, the bad thing is you don't have the contacts that a label does. So mm-hmm. it's a bit catch twenty two, you know. Or, I don't know. I guess some bands sacrifice and go with a label in order to get the exposure and. Other bands would rather do it all themselves. I'm much happier doing it all ourselves at this stage, and we're starting to get a decent bit of exposure, so it's worked out well. Now, the footy thing and using that as a sort of a leverage. I mean, have you found that? How have you found that? Did you, were you a bit reluctant initially, or did you always think, well, whatever we've got that we can use in our favour, we should use? You know? Complete opposite. I, I from day one, I never wanted um, our band to have anything to do with rugby league because I just think that's a very cheesy way to do things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think I'm crazy. A lot of people say, mate, just use what you can, you know. And and to a degree, you kind of have to, with people who might like football and recognise the name or whatever, you know, that might be in a position to be able to help you, that's fine. But I, I actually, we actually turned down to play at some home games at Para and, um, yeah, a few football function kind of things. We just turned down because it's just completely separate. And I think, you know, I didn't want to come across as a six-and-out type band because we, we were just mute. <laughs> I've been a musician since day one, and so is my friend, so and my brother. So 
to me, it was completely separate entities, and I didn't want to use football too much to, you know, get into the music scene. So what's on the horizon then for Shinobi? What's coming up? Mate, we're um, recording again. We've already recorded a new, um, a couple of new singles, so they'll be out, I think, on December 1, the start of summer, just a digital release, and then we're just going to release some singles over the course of the next year, some film clips, and play some gigs. We've got a big gig up there, as I said on the last uh, show, at uh, South East Queensland at a big festival. We've got some Coffs Harbour gigs with a bodyboarding um, competition, and yeah, mate, just playing gigs everywhere we can. Is there anything happening overseas? Has anyone overseas heard it? Have you got a, any uh, distribution or what's that? Mate, we're, um, we're going to go to South by Southwest um, yeah. for 2014, but we've actually put it back. We're going to do it the year after now just because we want to um, get some more content out there. We've got the debut album now. A lot of that was old songs, so we want to get some new stuff out there as well. So we've just been doing that, concentrated on that, and we'll, we'll postpone the America trip till the year after. And, and being independent, does that sort of hurt you when you're trying to get some big supports? So I suppose that's one of the things where really... You know, the contacts come in handy? Definitely, mate. Yeah, 100%. We're actually um, in the process of going around to all different companies and seeing what they could offer us in terms of exposure and um, their contact list and, you know, maybe pay them for PR for each single and at the end of it all, see who did the best job and then go with them if we're going to do an album or whatnot. All right. Yeah, yeah. so... And mate, you're on uh, my old mate from Wollongong, John Howe's label as well. How's that... Uh, has that improved things a bit? Yeah, mate. All right. We're really good for us, actually. Uh, to be brutally honest... Um, they're, they're more I think they're more metal so yeah. we're not really metal I wouldn't say we're a metal band we've got metal elements but um, a lot of the like when, when we released the album I did so many interviews and we were on so many websites and so many um, different platforms of media that I just couldn't believe it it was fantastic so I was nothing but absolutely ecstatic with the work that John and uh, Wright did Chris Merrick too Chris Merrick was probably the engine room there behind all that and ha- have you got like is it just do your best do you keep doing your best is that it or and then also I mean I saw you in the street about a year ago and you were saying it's not it's not easy to have made the decision you've made like financially it's not not an easy decision to make so do you just keep going and, or is there things now on the improved to such an extent that you don't need to worry about that well yeah well and when I did see it back in Newtown there a year ago, um, mate, we were in a position where it was like, we need to start making some money just so it's not costing us money. Like, we don't need to be millionaires off it. But uh, probably just a little bit before that, uh, we started being able to charge a decent amount of money due to a lot of airplay and just, you know, getting good reviews for our live shows. We've been able to actually take home money, which is such a good good um, position to be in for a band in Sydney. As it's, I think it's the toughest industry in the world. So um, the future then, give us, tell us where, where you hope Shinobi will be a year, two years, three years from now. Mate, we, um, I've kind of, you know, when you first start out a band, you have all these high hopes and all that stuff. I, I can't, we kind of don't really have that kind of um, grand picture anymore. It's just we're just going to make tunes because we love playing and recording music, and we're going to keep putting it out there, and we're going to keep playing gigs, and whatever happens, happens, mate. We're happy doing what we're doing, making a little bit of money from it. So. This, to us, is a successful period for us. Okay, give us a final song. I'd like to thank you for taking time out to have a chat to us. No worries, mate. appreciate um, you having me, and it's fun. It was good fun. Um, final song. Jeez, you put me on the spot here. Uh, I'm going to choose one that's a little bit more commercial than the last one I picked. Um, this is Fell on Black Days by um, Soundgarden. It's a little bit dark, but, you know, it's a beautiful song. Great song. I'm not, I've got to say, I'm not a huge fan of the reunion. I've, been, I've saw them twice. This year, no this good. year, a bit flat. Anyway, okay, thanks, Eric. Awesome, mate. Cheers.
Hello everybody, this is Ron Bumblefoot Fall. You might know me from Guns N' Roses or not. And you're listening <laughs> You're listening to White Line Fever. The second round of matches are underway in the World Cup and uh, the first uh, lot of second matches uh, was New Zealand 48 France nil in uh, Avignon. I'm here with Simon Mannering. Simon, you've actually uh, the game's been over for about half an hour, but you've just come back from the French dressing rooms, have you? Yeah, just went down and um, had a quiet beer and um, yeah, obviously a bit of a uh, you know catch up with those boys and it was it was a special occasion today to play in front of uh, I think it was 18,000 in the end. Um, and yeah, I guess it's going back to the old days, the things you miss out now with, uh, you know, obviously professionalism, but um, yeah, it's nice to, I guess, let the hair down a bit. Whose idea was that to go to the opposition sheds? I think uh, Stephen yeah, said go down. And, um, we, we, you know, a lot of these guys and um, you know, all of us don't really get an opportunity to play here very often. And, um, you know, like I said in the conference, it's been a great reception since we've been here. and. Um, the people have been amazing, and it's it's just awesome to see that our game rugby league um, can obviously touch people down here in Avignon, and you know, all week they've been behind us, and even here today they give us a few cheers as well. People will look at the scoreline in the paper and they go, "Oh, that was uh, disastrous and a bad night for the French," but in fact they got a standing ovation of 42 nil. I've never seen that in my life. No, the um, <laughs> French people are pretty easy going and. Um, they can be proud of their team. It was, it was I think, the scoreline was very flattering for us. It was a physical battle out there, especially that first half. Um, yeah, we scored a couple of tries off kicks, but they were defending you know, very well. And um, yeah, I definitely think they can hold their heads high. And you know, they'll be giving themselves a chance next week in summer. And finally, it was important for the Kiwis to go on with the job after what happened against Samara and Warrington. Yeah, we sort of um, had a, a few laps there and um, our defence um, went missing for a while, and it was nice to hold these guys to nil tonight. Um, that was definitely a, you know, a highlight of the night was defensively, but a lot of things to work on with the ball and probably a, a couple more defensively, but um, it's nice to be heading in the right direction. See you in the quarterfinal, Simon. Thanks for your help. Sweet. Thanks, Steve.
G'day, I'm Dave Gleeson. I'm John Brewster. And we're from the Angels. And we're on White Lion Fever. <laughs> Two games on Saturday. The first one uh, at John Smith Stadium in, it was like like four seasons in 80 minutes, uh, the weather here. Um, it was 42-0 England over Ireland. I'm here with Steve McNamara. Steve, um, you must have been pleased with that. Most coaches would be pleased with the 42-0 result. Yeah, I was, but... Uh... The weather in November in Huddersfield was like that every Saturday, so don't worry too much about that. We were ready for it. Uh, but yeah, you know, the scoreline suggests that we, we did a reasonable job, and I think that was the case. What positions uh, are causing you most headache? Uh, obviously, the wings today, they were outstanding again today. You've got three guys competing for two spots. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've probably hit the nail on the head with, it, with your comment. It was um, a tough competition for outside backs. We are very young in the outside backs, and uh, but very talented. And I think uh, there's a lot of competition for places. But then you look at the, the players who have missed out this week as well. I've got a lot of very good players who are itching to get a crack. Just based on what you said in the press conference, can we assume that each time you play, that is your best available side? There's no experimenting taking place. Each, each game you play, that's your best available side to get your best result. You're not, you're not sort of. Uh, um, there's no selection trials going on at this stage of the tournament. No, we're not. We're not in a situation as a national team where we can pick and choose our mm -hmm. games. We. Um, we're still developing. We we feel we're a great chance in this tournament, but we know that we uh, we have to be at our very best. And certainly, not. we're just going to pick players uh, and make everything nice and fluffy in camp, so that everyone's had a game and everyone mm -hmm. feels feels that they've they've made a contribution. Our players understand and have known for a while that uh, for us to win this competition, everyone will need to contribute, and that might mean contributing off the field as well as on the field. And uh, that's difficult when you're an international player. You've probably not been left out of your club side for mm. not the best part, probably five, about five years, ten years for some of them, and not um, not experienced being left out or be, even being on the bench for some players. It is different, and mm. uh, players need to adapt to that. Now, before kickoff, there were conflicting reports about Zach Hardiger and why he was missing. Can you clear that up for the listeners? I don't know what the reports were, so I can't really clarify anything. To you. Is he injured? No. So he just wasn't picked, just on form. He wasn't picked like, again, there's another, how many else in this was seven who weren't picked this week. Right, so there's no underlying reason because obviously we had one player who was released from the team altogether a, couple, um, a week and a half ago. Yeah, you're very good at speculating, very good at trying to, uh, trying to find things out. The press, I suppose, it's your job. Hmm. The reality is any decision I make is based on the best decisions for the team and for the group and not uh, based around pleasing the media. Thanks, Steve. Cheers. I got You. 
Egyben a Rob Caggiano of Anthrax, and you're listening to White Line Fever. Second game on uh, Saturday, and it was 34-2 Australia over Fiji and St Helens, and uh, all uh, both sides were happy at full time. It looked like it was going to be a great occasion. Fiji, one of the better teams outside the big three, but unfortunately a serious injury, uh, Tim Sheens. Yeah, very very disappointing for uh, Luke Lewis and, and the team, because he's a very popular member of the team, as well as being one of the better players. Uh, and tonight he was having a great game, you know, starting in the second row rather than coming off the bench and um, enjoying his footy. But uh, enthusiastic chase, which we ask, and unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, ran into an immovable object and uh, and dislocated the shoulder. And uh, it's finally back in now as we speak, just after the game. But it took a while. It took a while. He was in a lot of pain, and the medical staff and the doctor did a wonderful job to sort it out for him. But uh, he's up and around at the moment. But. Yeah, that shoulder will probably need a um, surgery. Funny enough, his shoulder, before he came, it's in some doubt because his shoulders were giving him some trouble. So it looks like it's, um, it's come back to, uh, to haunt him. He's going to have to have that surgery now anyway. Greg Inglis at uh, fullback, uh, Daly Cherry Evans at half. Everyone will be wondering how they went. What does the coach think of their performances tonight? Look, I think uh, GI at the back was excellent in this respect. There were very tough conditions. Um, yeah, the ball the ball was difficult to handle, not only on the full but also on the ground. Uh, he was very cool and calm under all circumstances. When he needed to bat it dead, he did, and we went for the line dropout. When he needed to get it on the full, he did. So, you know, I was really happy. Uh, not a game for outside backs tonight, so he didn't really get a lot of opportunity, but he got through the middle and we were pushing him up through the centre and he did well. Cherry, I think, did some good things, really good things. Um, uh, yeah, I think for his first game with the squad uh, as a halfback, I think he'd be pretty happy with that. Uh, for our final pool game next week's against Ireland, how do you approach that as far as team selection is concerned? Do you put out what you perceive to be your best lineup at this point, or do you experiment in a few positions? I'm still undecided in a couple of positions, but the guys who didn't play tonight will definitely play next week, and obviously some of the guys tonight will play. So with Luke not there, I've got to make a decision about. Um, at utility, and I'm probably already thinking Boydie Cordner because he's played some centre. He's a bit of a Luke Lewis clone in that regard. He's quick enough to play out wide, uh, can play, you know, I don't know about wing like Luke could do, so that's going to be a big loss to us because he was also always at outside back. But I may I may go with a back who could, who'd be strong enough to play forwards just to do something different and uh, so and give that and, and convert one of them into a second row. They probably don't know that yet, but um, we'll see how they go. And before we come away, there was a lot of talk about can you replace players in your squad after the tournament starts. That was for other reasons, but now you're actually faced with a serious injury, so where does that all stand? Well, you know, I've, got, I've asked management to inquire, particularly under the circumstances of the injury. You know, I mean, uh, you know... Um, 
outside. I understand the way the fields are set up here, but mm. it's very unfortunate that um, you know those fences are held up by steel beams and not collapsible. You know mm -hmm. where um, uh, you know maybe we need some Formula One safety checks done here and and go around and sort those things because that's that's that was very dangerous in the conditions when when you dive in conditions like that you just can't pull up. You know, the, and um, but anyway, you know, I'll let the officials take care of that and see where we go. Thanks, Tim. We'll see you next week in Ireland. An historic moment. The first time an Australian rugby league team's ever played in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's funny. I've been there. The, the stadium reminds you very much of, of Allianz. It's uh, the same winged sides, mm. uh, you know, on the two main stadiums, but there's nothing on either end, so apparently the wind will howl through there. So <laughs> looks like we're in for another, um, another uh, cool night. Could not be worse than tonight. Thanks, Tim.
uh, Rusty from Electric Mary, and you are on White Line Fever. Well, there's two games on Sunday, but the first one was uh, another boil over. United States uh, 24, uh, Wales 16. Uh, and I'm here with Matt Shipway. I keep wanting to call him Mark because Mark used to play for the Cowboys, but it's Matt. Matt um, now you've had an amazing journey to get here. Tell us the story. Um, yeah, well, not Mark Shipway. Like I, um, we had a night where we, we tell the team where, you, where you've come from and how you represent the country. Um, my mum was born in America, moved to Australia when she was about six or seven, so that's how I qualify. Um, myself, I've never played football professionally, had like a short stint at Parramatta when I was about 18, but got cut from there and sort of cracked it and moved home and did an apprenticeship and I've been a tradie ever since so um, not a professional footballer at all but doing my best out there always always played footy just for the fun of it and um, I have coached and that moved to Newcastle been playing there in pretty strong comp so kept in touch with a, a pretty decent standard of footy but I yeah, never really thought I'd end up here that's for sure but when you got the call to come here and actually to go to Toulouse for the warm-up you're in South Africa is that right well it was actually two days before I left for South Africa I got an uh, email from from um, Steve, our manager. So I had two days to, to turn a two-week trip into a five-week <laughs> trip, so I sort of throwing clothes in the bag a bit wild the day after. But, um, nah, it's just been, like you said, an incredible journey for me. Um, something Literally an incredible journey. Yeah, it really has been across half the world. So, um, like I said, I've always regretted not, not following through and, and sticking it out and giving it a go when I was a young fella, so this definitely goes a, a, a bit of the way towards, you know, Helping that, I'll still get my chance to, to play on a good stage and, and yeah, give it and, a crack. And country were happy for you to go and just play one game in South Africa, were they, and then come on here? Um, well, like I said, I only found out a day or two before oh, the tour yeah. went it. So when I went into camp in Sydney, um, yeah, there's a few raised eyebrows. They weren't too happy about it because they were only taking a short 18-man squad. Um, always the risk there of injury. So um, I said to those guys, I'll, I'll stick with the team as long as we get injury-free and then um, ask them if it'd be okay if I left. All right, right. Always kept my priority with them, tried to do the right thing because you know, I'll probably be back in the bush playing next year again. So <laughs> keep them on the right side. Um, and then, yeah, once we got through the first game and had no injuries, they were happy for me to go. So big, big thanks to CRL. Two days later, I was in Toulouse. Playing France and yeah, upset them as well. So. Now, what's this about this uh, Facebook page, uh, the redhead Sunny Bill? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, one of my best mates this back home me. just started that up. He's a bit of a knob. <laughs> nah, he's actually my best man at my wedding next year. So he's good, been a good mate since childhood, and he's just getting behind me, um, doing what he can, I suppose, to pump me up back home. But. Um, yeah, not too much into that, mate. Are you, are, you looking at the, are you looking at the tournament at all as a bit of a shop window, maybe a chance to get, get a start in England or, or NRL? or Have you, you crossed your mind? Oh, it's definitely crossed the mind. Like I said, I've always regretted not having a, a go like when, I, um, when I sort of fell out of it at a young age. But, um, oh, look, if something was to pop up, I'd definitely consider it highly. But you know, I've, got a, I've got a business set up now and it would have to be something worthwhile. I'm not... I'm not young enough to sort of throw everything in the in the bag now and, and um, do it. It'd have to be something worthwhile. So definitely open up to options for sure. So thanks, man. Congratulations, thanks, eh? mate. Thanks, Steve. Thanks.
This is Tommy from the Casanovas, and you're on White Line Fever. Welcome back to the program, and that was Reckless Love, and um, Joanna's going to laugh now because I, the song is called I Love Heavy Metal. <laughs> anyway, um, we're, uh, we're uh, talking about Sunday's second game, uh, and which I didn't go to. It was uh, Scotland and Italy up in uh, Workington. Joanna did go. How was it? Yes, I was representing White Line Fever at that game. Uh, <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, another really close game at Workington, um, almost sell-out crowd, 7,000-odd. Um, Scotland got off to a great start. Um, Italy looking a bit slow. Obviously, are looking a bit cold as well. They're wearing so many extra layers. I don't know if it's the Heathrow injection or a bit of padding. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, so great start for Scotland. Italy got back into it, um, fought back to be leading in the second half. Um, Scotland pulled it back to 30-all. Danny Bruff missed the conversion. Very unusual. Both Bruff and Mantellato, two excellent goal kickers. And at 30-all, you'd think Italy would get their signature last gasp drop goal to either win the match or, or get the, what they needed. Um, but no, Ryan Getty fluffed one towards the end and, and they ran out of time. Uh, Scotland coach Stephen McCormack uh, seemed fairly satisfied with the draw. Um, Italy coach Carlo Napolitano less so. Right. Now, um, normally uh, these uh, segments are self-contained. We say the score, then we talk to a player. But we were all doing interviews uh, in Hull um, after the Papua New Guinea uh, game against Samoa. And... Uh, 
and coach uh, uh, Matt Parrish dragged all the players away in the middle of interviews. So I managed to grab hold of uh, uh, hat-trick hero Antonio Winterstein on the way out uh, as he was being rushed to the bus. Um, here's what he had to say. Antonio Winterstein, uh, three tries tonight. Uh, big win over Papua New Guinea. You must be pretty pleased. It was awesome um, first half, but uh, in the second half we sort of went away from what worked for us in the first half and, and struggled a bit, but if we concentrate on um, going the whole way we'll be all right. You must have got a lot of confidence out of the second half uh, against the Kiwis. How much did you draw from that? Um, yeah, a lot of confidence you know, in the second half. We played well, so um, if we can perform for the whole 80 minutes, we'll be right. We're walking to the bus. See you later. See you, mate.
listening to White, White Lion Fever. So just the one game on uh, Tuesday night, but it was a hell of a game. Uh, it was uh, Tonga 22, Cook Island 16. I'm here with Daniel Tupu. And, jeez, uh, uh, they, they gave you more than a fright, didn't they? Yeah, um, we were under pressure of a few times during the game. But we kind of held our call and just um, stuck to what we had planned. And I guess he... Um, Went well at the end. You were, you were playing opposite Chris Taripa, who's from your club. He play, plays for Newtown and, and the Roosters. Do you know him very well? Yeah, I know him as a bloke. Good, good, good friend of mine. Yeah, he did pretty well tonight. Deserved that um, man of the match. Um, he scored all their points. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I was talking to him after the game, just telling him congrats and um, put me on show. But yeah, he deserved that man of the match and put on him. Um, yeah, congrats to him. And there was a little bit of a boost for you guys at the end, wasn't there, when Jordan Rapana lost the ball over the line? Yeah, I guess, yeah. Again, uh, we were under pressure then, but I guess boys had their cool and, um, yeah, kind of did the the one percenters, which was one of them, just putting, putting, them, putting the pressure back on them. How are you finding it coming off a grand final, coming over here, playing for Tonga? Very different climactic conditions, different teammates. Has it been as an experience for you? Yeah, it's been an um, awesome experience just being together, uh, learning the culture of our motherland. And, um, yeah, I, I guess just coming off the grand final, like, you can feel the body um, trying to deal with it. But I guess it's no excuse just trying to, yeah, it's, it's, it's just been awesome. Camp's been good. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's been awesome just trying to back it up from the grand final, which is which is good, so I guess, yeah, it's pretty good. At least one of their three tries was a little kick on the ground, wasn't it? You're very good in the air. Do you think that's a tactic that teams might start using against you a little bit, knowing how good you are in the air? Yeah, yeah I guess just using my heart as an advantage. Um, yeah, it'd be one of the opposition just on the lookout for that, but I guess, yeah, we're, we're just working on it um, during the week, so... Yeah, we we'll get better, I guess. And finally, Daniel, well, thanks for talking to us. You, um, you need USA to win the next game and to keep your campaign alive. You got a message for the Americans? Oh, just do what they're doing, which is winning games, and that's yeah, big ups to them. They're doing heaps good for an underrated team. So yeah, good on them. Hope they go well in the next game. Thanks for talking to us, Daniel. No worries. Okay, that's just about it for uh, this week. Uh, I want to thank Eric Growth for being on uh, early in the program. I uh, will also thank uh, Simon Mannering. Uh, Tim Sheens, Steve McNamara, um, Matt Shipway, um, and uh, Daniel Tupu after uh, the final game, uh, Tonga over Cook Islands. Got to uh, back announce a little bit of uh, uh, music as well. Uh, we had in no particular order Kings of the Sun reach for the bottle, uh, Sammy Hagar knock down, uh, drag out. Uh, there's a new album out called uh, A World with Heroes which is a charity album. Um, uh, it's full of Kiss covers. Believe it or not, it has 51 tracks on it. Uh, and what we listened to is actually a, a song um, that wasn't recorded by Kiss. It was recorded by Vinnie uh, Vincent Invasion. And interestingly, um, the guys who uh, recorded this cover were have no connection to Vinnie Vincent. They were an Ace Frehley's band. So there you go. Um, also, uh, there's a, uh, we also had a song um, from uh, Coney Hatch called uh, what was it called? It was called Boys Club, which is, of course, what rugby league is. And that's a lovely segue uh, to um, a couple of issues from the World Cup before we finish the program. And I'm here with Gary Carter from The Sun. OK, let's start with uh, Samoa. Three players injured, and they are allowed to replace one of them. Tony Pultua comes in. Uh, Australia, Luke Lewis injured, not allowed to bring in a replacement. What are your thoughts on that? 
it's because Samoa have down to the bare bones. They've got a hell of a lot more than three players injured, I've been told as well. But they're trying to keep it as quiet as possible. They, they wanted to bring Francis Melly in the squad as well, but they're literally down to the bare bones at the moment, which is why the tournament organisers have let them in. With Luke Lewis, I can see why it's been denied. 23 man, you still got 23 men. England are down to 23. There's various others that are down to 23, so you get injured tough. Okay, what about uh, what's happened uh, in the England camp, Gary? With uh, uh, We had Gareth Hock uh, punted uh, for misbehaving, uh, uh, James Graham misselection, uh, and then now we have Zach Hardiker uh, departing camp uh, with personal problems. Uh, coach just refuses to comment on any of uh, the reasons behind uh, these uh, decisions. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? It's a very, very tangled web, isn't it? You've just got to... At the moment, you've got to take England at the word, haven't you? Zach, Zach's got personal issues, which I hope he gets sorted. Um, you hear of rumours of various indiscretions as well, which which what refuse to go away. It's, it, it seems a bit of a mess behind the scenes, really. Um, and Steve's not really done himself any favours by flat batting it. When he had an opportunity, certainly at Cardiff, to say, look, we have rules, rules have been broken, people are dropped. People would have turned around and gone, yeah, fair enough, you good strong coach there but by refusing to refusing to comment and threatening to walk out it just creates a bit of a bit of a cloud over it doesn't it I don't know whether it's all an attempt to create a siege mentality or whatever but it's certainly creating a lot of confusion at the moment how's the tournament been Gary you enjoyed it it's been great hasn't it it's been weird <laughs> yeah run through you ran, ran us through a list of uh, of uh, uh, bizarre happenings uh, run us through it right just, just tonight coming back from the Tonga Cook Islands game we've had a Cook Islands player play the ball the wrong way We've had Jordan Rapana spill the ball over the line when all he had to do was fall on it. We've had Sonny Bill slip. We've had uh, we've had the no try try where Thierry Alibert got a bit stitched up stitched up by the graphics guy who put the wrong thing on the screen. We've had a Papua New Guinea try that came off the head of one of their players. We've had uh, what else have we had? We've had um, there is another one. And I saw, well, we had a, yeah we had two badly blown tries. You wouldn't see one of those a decade normally. Sonny, but Sonny Bill's slip was just classic. It was re- it was his reaction where he just slapped his head and was like, "Oh no, what have I done?" <laughs> he 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 probably never done that before and will never do that again. How's your desk in uh, London? How are they uh, treating the tournament? Are they getting more interested? They've been great. Yeah, we're giving it a really good run. I mean, the World Cup's really captured the imagination around the country. I mean, there's nothing better than seeing full grounds, is there? So, and people are realising, you know, that, that you know, that, hey, there are more three, more than three countries, and the, the rugby's been very good. Thanks for joining us, Gary. And uh, that's the second round of matches over. One more to go. Then the quarters. Then the semis. There's a game every day. I forget where I am. Yes, I am as well. What day is it? Where are we? Who am I? See you next week, Gary. Cheers, mate. This street I know Don't look the same Different people, different names The little shops have disappeared But all of the memories are still right here This place I once called home Where my mom raised three boys on her own No matter where 
take her with me I won't let go Don't fade away Oh, cobblestone street Where I come from Don't fade away Oh, cobblestone street Where I was born Kids are playing till it gets dark Right here my childhood dreams were made With dirty faces and lemonade The summer days were long And nothing matters cause we were young Those years of innocence I do remember I won't forget Don't fade away Oh, cobblestone street Where I come from Don't fade away Oh, cobblestone street Where I yonder <laughs> and I'm not even going to try to rhyme anymore <laughs> Michael Monroe here for White Line Fever you get a chance come and check us out live we're going to rock your socks off and whatever rock like fuck that's what I say okay <laughs> come on down and rock on 